I originally remember as a little kid watching a Hatha yoga public television show filmed out of Milwaukee, where I'm from, with my mother when I was a little girl. And there was a, a woman, I think her name was Kate Middleton, that ran, had this very soothing voice that talked about yoga. And it was very 1970s-ish. And then fast forward, really didn't do any yoga until my 20s. I was on a girl's trip with my sorority sisters and the uh, sorority sister who coordinated the trip found a yoga class for us to go to. And there was a woman in that class that must have been about 70 at the time. And I was like, that's the kind of shape I want to be in when I was 70. She wasn't, you know, doing crazy poses or anything, but she was just very like fit. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO and Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO and Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones, and I'm joined by uh, my co-host, Neil Haley. One. Hi, I'm Marisa Jones, and... Hi, welcome to Women's CEO and Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones. Today's guest is Jennifer Marvin. She's Vice President of Women in Engineering at Online Leadership Training, a career coaching and leadership training company, and she's a senior project engineer at the Boeing Company. She's also the founder and owner of Boss Babe Yoga, a boutique yoga studio near Seattle, Washington. Jennifer also serves as the president-elect of Housing Hope, a nonprofit ending homelessness. Jen makes mental health a priority following her brother's death to suicide and her own diagnosed mental health issues. She's a mentor to young women who suffer from bipolar disorder and a coach for women leaders. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you, Marissa. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my goodness, you are a woman of many trades. Tell me first, you know, What's your journey that kind of led you to, you know, you're a project engineer at, at the Boeing company, and then you also uh, have your own company doing Boss Babe Yoga. Tell me all about it. Yeah. So after uh, a 30 year, about 30 years in industry and having raised my children, I have a stepson who's 37 and a daughter who's 29 and a daughter who's 25. So I was an empty nester. And I was approached by Luke Feldmeyer, the founder of online leadership training, to be a career coach and to focus on women in engineering. And I found that to be a great fit. I had moved out of management at the Boeing Company about seven years ago and really missed the employee development portion of the job. And this was an opportunity to supplement that. And then also I went through the invite change coaching curriculum. So I'm on my way to becoming an accredited uh, coach. Uh, so then I uh, was looking for a little bit more to do and had always wanted to own my own yoga studio. And so I found an online yoga teacher training in April and converted a shed on my property and my backyard is big and flat. And I've had a uh, I think about 10 class, maybe even more than that, probably at least a dozen classes with 
just sometimes only a couple people, but sometimes about 10 people. And it helps me maintain my own yoga practice two hours a week, even just makes such a big difference for mood and physical fitness. And then, um, yeah, the, yeah. So those th three things between my job now and the career coaching and the yoga have keep me pretty busy. It definitely sounds like it. Um, I want to talk a little bit first about the yoga. So, um, you know, I did yoga for a lot of years and it really does help with mental health issues. It helps with depression. It really helps releasing emotion. Uh, what was it that that started you into yoga? And and did you find what you were looking for in the studios or is that why you started, you know, your own practice? Yeah, that's a great question. I I originally remember as a little kid watching a Hatha Yoga public television show filmed out of Milwaukee, where I'm from, with my mother when I was a little girl. And there was a, a woman, I think her name was Kate Middleton, that ran, had this very soothing voice that talked about yoga. And it was very 1970s-ish. And then fast forward, really didn't do any yoga until my 20s. I was on a girl's trip with my sorority sisters and the uh, sorority sister who coordinated the trip found a yoga class for us to go to. And there was a woman in that class that must have been about 70 at the time. And I was like, that's the kind of shape I want to be in when I was 70. She wasn't, you know, doing crazy poses or anything, but she was just very like fit, right? And flexible and mobile. And all the, I think you do get a yoga glow also from um, participating in yoga. So I always kept them in the back of my mind. And then whenever I could found classes for a long time, my uh, corporation that I worked for in Wisconsin, Kimberly Clark, had a 6am yoga class Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and a spin class Tuesday, Thursday. So I did that routine for probably at least uh, at least five years, if not longer, and kept that on when I was transferred to the mill in Everett, Washington, which was another big leadership job. I had, had 120 people making Viva paper towel 24-7, 365, and I was able to get in for a yoga class before work uh, during then. And then, um, yeah, looking at the the type of training that I went through just going online and also being you know not your typical 20 something pretzel yoga student right I'm a plus size woman over 50 I didn't I didn't even look for a studio uh, positions and had this space and just opened my own studio that's great. I love it. You know, it's, it's, uh, I have, I have some friends, you know, who do yoga and they don't, they don't do it for the mental health. They do, they just strictly do it for the exercise, you know, um, they, you know, they'll, they'll go and do it. You know, they like the hot yoga or the fast yoga, you know, all of that. I've always done it from the meditative perspective mm -hmm. because that really helps me maintain balance. And because of that, I found doing yoga at home, was much better for me. You know, yeah. it was more, it was more just quiet because I didn't really resonate in the studios either mm -hmm. uh, with the women. That's why I was asking you because I didn't always feel like I was like them at all for whatever mm -hmm. reason, you know? Um, so I think it's great. How do you, um, 
you probably have like a really nice big shed. <laughs> That's got to be so fun to be able to do it in your backyard. Do you do it like in between breaks, like during the day or is it uh, evenings and weekends? Yeah, it's evenings and weekends. So right now I'm just offering two classes. I can really only handle teaching two classes a week and still have the rest of my social life. So I, I'll be teaching a class tonight at 6.30, 6.30 to 7.30. I do a restorative yoga class. So uh, really, e really easy as a yoga teacher to teach because you pick about half a dozen poses and then you have props and you hold those poses for like five minutes each. And I do a guided meditation at the end. And we do a few poses at the beginning, the moon sal salutations, which is mountain and palm tree and then goddess pose, which is good for boss babe yoga. And then I do a Saturday morning class at 9am, which again, from a working woman perspective, it is a little earlier, like we do have to get up earlier when we're working and also exercising. Uh, but it, the payoffs there and that's more of a Hatha yoga class a little bit more sun salutation standing poses. Um, but still some, I throw in some guided med meditation at the end. And what I really, the three things that we're really moving that I, I'm doing it for is the body mind awareness, especially coming out of COVID. That was important. The, the community sense of community, and then just the um, uh, body mind connection, the community and the um, just the, the, immunity that yoga offers also it really is good for your immune system and uh it's been it's been a big hit that's great and stress relief that's the other big one and, and you need that being in the role that you're you're in in the engineer space so let's talk about that um you know you're you're you know a project engineer at boeing which has got to be really stressful and then you also um you're also a mentor and a leadership coach. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Sure, sure. So I'm in uh, Boeing Commercial Airplanes Product Development Group. So the group that works on the future airplanes that you know won't fly maybe for decades even. So very front end, fuzzy future product development projects that can that will last five, ten years. And I specifically focus on external research collaborations with Japan. Uh, foreign governments actually help subsidize some aircraft research because they want to have some of that work in their countries. And Japan is one of those countries. So I manage a portfolio of research projects with Japan and Korea. So I go there um, at, usually at least once a year, sometimes twice. And the Japanese and Korean partners come here as well. Uh, so that's, it's really interesting and fun work. Um, and then the career coaching, currently I am don't have any clients right now. I've had about a half a dozen clients, um, mainly women, one gentleman, uh, through my online leadership training. Internally at Boeing, I'm also a career coach through our uh, Ed Wells joint program, which is a partnership with the union at, in uh, Boeing. So I do coach a lot internally, mainly men internally. It's been, I do a lot of mentoring with SWE, um, the Society of Women Engineers. So I usually have one to two SWE mentees as well. So each week I'm probably talking to at least three or four people for a half hour 
on mentoring or career coaching. And then I'm also doing some leadership training to a cohort of six Purdue University students. So my alma mater, Purdue, has uh, the program there is called Construction Engineering, and they very quickly move into leadership roles coming out of universities and really with not any leadership training. So my uh, co-founder or the Luke Feldmeyer, who founded our program, he had built a curriculum of about 12 modules, and we do a Zoom call every Sunday at 3.30 and run through that material with that cohort of university students. That's really great. Do you, do you find, because you're, you're in a male-dominated industry, you know, as I am in, in tech, um, do you find it's, it's, is, are there a lot of women looking for mentorship? Um, and, and, you know, in the organization? And then are there in the Purdue program that you're working with? Yes, de- yes, definitely. I think I think uh, getting that word out that having a lot of mentors, a lot of sponsors is really critical for your career development and not just one or two, because people retire and move on. I think that's one of the things looking back on my own career, I should have spent more time getting mentors because the they retire and then you have to kind of start from ground zero so it's kind of I heard someone refer to it as having a stable of mentors Um, (laughs) you do you do you know anyone could be a anyone could be a really good mentor for someone uh if it's something that you want to you know if it's someone that you want to learn from and grow from or someone you just admire um you know whether it's in the workplace or not anyone can really be a mentor uh, to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really finding those people that are, that are altruistic and selfless, right? That's, I think that's the key piece is there uh, are definitely some people that are a little more suited than others to be mentors and sponsors. Yes, you definitely, because it does take a lot of, of personal time and, and a lot of being, um, you know, just giving, you have to give a lot of energy to mentorship if you want to do it right, you know, and mm-hmm. I, most mentors do, most mentors really put a want to, you know, want to do a lot of focus time with the people that they mentor to make sure that they're successful. Mm-hmm. So, um, so how do you, besides your yoga, because now that's a business, how do you maintain uh, mental balance throughout all of this? Uh, I, I definitely start the day at 6.30. I wake up at like probably 5, 5.30, do a surf through social media, which probably isn't a good thing, but I have my <laughs> normal routine breakfast. I have a protein drink and a cold brew coffee. I'm not sure if that would be recommended either, but that's what works for me. And then I do a meditation at 6.30 for about a half hour uh, online with the um, a guide Daniel Tayak on TikTok that I just kind of came across. He's in San Diego, kind of a hippie. Uh, it's uh, just a 20, 30 minute guided meditation. And then I usually try to get out for a quick walk and get some sunshine uh, when we have it. Um, and then I start start my day, right? And then I'll have a little bit more to eat uh, and, um, you know, make, making sure blood sugar is kind of even, during the day, I, t- I tried intermittent fasting, but that made my mood go up and down so much. I didn't, I really didn't pre- like that. So I'd rather stay at a more even keel all day. Um, I make time for my relationships with my friends and family, for sure. 
really making that emotional connection. There's a great um, work-life balance book. There's kind of two that I recommend. One is called Beyond Juggling and then one called Stop Screaming at the Microwave. And the key takeaway <laughs> from that book, isn't that a cute title? The, the key takeaway I got from that book was if there's something where you're able to make an emotional connection, that's going to fill your cup. And it may feel like another thing to do, but it's going to be so useful for you. So today, for instance, I took my daughter out for lunch for National Daughters Day, my 25-year-old, like kind of this made-up internet holiday. But why not Like use the excuse to have lunch with her? And yeah, just meeting with my my significant other as often as I can, uh, you know, definitely on the weekends and evenings during the week. Uh, so making time for that is definitely a priority as well. That's great. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing with, you know, like, like most women who are in leadership roles, you know, you're juggling so many different things, so many opportunities, you know, we do things like, you know, working with nonprofits as, as you are, uh, you know, we, we have our day job and then we do, you know, extracurricular, uh, you know, work fun because it's kind of like, you know, it could be work or it's a side business. Right. And, um, somehow we still have to find time for ourselves. Um, so mm -hmm. it could be really challenging sometimes, but you know, you have to make that a priority because if you don't make it a priority, then you get burnt out. Mm -hmm. And one thing I'm trying to do a lot more of, I, I didn't do it earlier in my career was just like, use the sick days, right? You know, the world's not going to fall apart if you take a Thursday off someday, some week or a Monday off and just have one of those days where you can kind of uh, just relax for a day. Um, I also just bought an Airbnb on a lake and I spent Labor Day weekend. My boyfriend actually had COVID. So I spent Labor Day weekend, like at that Airbnb by myself. And it was good wonderful. for you. Yeah. I, the, you. the main thing I accomplished on Labor Day was a nine hour Spotify playlist for the Lake Cottage. <laughs> I love that. A lot of women don't really spend time with themselves unless it's work related. You know, mm -hmm. it's like they'll they'll uh, they'll work, you know, 10 hours a day or whatever. But but to to actually just do nothing, you know, like go out on a, you know, go out on the lake and just chill and just be by themselves, you know, a mini vacation for the day. It's hard for them to take that time. Um, but you definitely make the time uh, for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting better. I'm definitely getting better at it and not feeling <laughs> guilty. Right. There's so many things as a working mom, there's the driveway guilt. Right. And that I used to call them the, the, the apron, the mother's apron guilt strings. Right. You just got to cut those. And then, then even just the time you spend on yourself, sometimes you can feel guilty, but um, let, trying to break that habit. <laughs> the driveway guilt really, Oh my goodness. That just, that resonated with me because I used to be a traveling consultant when my kids were young and I would be pulling out of the driveway knowing I was getting on a plane and going away for a week and I would just be crying <laughs> and the guilt was just so overwhelming. Um, you know, that, that's why I make my mental health a priority, always number one. Mm. So for someone who's trying to um, 
you know, start a start a career or or you know work in leadership and and you know while still you know you're you're vice president of women of engineering, a project manager, you've got your yoga business. Um, what advice would you give to someone who maybe wants to break out of their current career and start something new and, and try something challenging or maybe start, um, you know, uh, leading uh, women coaches? What advice would you give to somebody who's listening? I think really understanding yourself first, right? Understanding, being pretty mature on where you are in your life's journey and your career journey. Um you know, I think we're always a, all a work in progress, but having a strong sense of self and where your own strengths lie, and then really what your passion or angle is, right, on um, what's going to motivate you and what your ideal client might look like for coaching, for instance, and then finding a good coaching program uh, accredited by the International Coaching Foundation, I think is a good good uh, way to go to get into coaching. For different career changes, finding those skills that are transferable. So oftentimes things like quality concepts, quality is something that's across almost every industry. So that's a very transferable skill that you can leverage. Um, You know, there's a handful of skills like that. Finance is another one, right? If you've had some exposure to some finance, that can work. Project management is another one, very transferable skill to other industries. So I've seen a fair amount of people lately move, for instance, from oil and gas to renewables, right? You know, because of maybe a, a, a different focus and purpose driven decision uh, to help improve the planet, right? Rather than use the last fossil fuel that's left. So um, that purpose piece is is there as well. So knowing yourself, knowing kind of what resources you have, what are some of the good ways to transfer, to build upon, and then really finding that purpose, the theme for who you want to work with. That's great. Great advice. Yeah, you got to make it fun, whatever you do. Mm -hmm. Life is too short to be at a job or a career that you just don't like. (laughs) Um, Great advice. Thank you for being here. Uh, Where can people find you? I'm on the leadershiptraining.com and LinkedIn at Jennifer Marvin. Terrific. Well, thank you for being on the show, Jen. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Marissa. This was great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.